So we're halfway through the Liga MX season. We've survived another Moleto international break. How's everyone doing? Yeah, well, everybody is in, well, I'm doing fine. Pumas number two, so happy for that. Arisha is Rafael Hernandez at UNAM. Arisha is UNAM. I guess that goes to me. Antonio here. Excited to be back after a brief hiatus that we took. But we're back. And uh, yeah, man. Chivas played their best game in, I don't know, in like two seasons, I would say. So I'm happy about that. Excited to talk about it. Yeah, this is Diego Rafa. Uh, just excited to see how the second half of the season turns out. Uh, there's a lot of traffic in the middle of the table right now, and I think anybody can make the league. Yeah, so uh, let's see how, how the second half season goes. And well, we might as well start off with the the six goal thriller. Um, <laughs> Antonio, what the hell happened, Chivas? And actually, for once, I mean it in a good way. <laughs> Man, that's that's the question I asked too immediately following the game. Um, but they came out strong. They, uh, like I said, when we started, probably the best game that I've seen them definitely this season and probably last season too. Um, it was a surprise. It was a surprise. It was a surprise for all of us. Um, but, uh, it just goes to show like how, how much, cause, uh, how much these young guys are willing to, you know, are willing to, um, what's the word? To impress, I guess, because uh, we're going through a lot of injuries right now. But you saw people like Alan Cervantes step up. I think he even made the team of the week for Liga MX. Um, people like Gael Sandoval, who had a goal and assist. Conejito, who had two assists. So, um, you know, we're not they're not we're not as bad as people may say. Budinho, really good. And uh, you know, post Almeida, we all thought it was going to come crashing down, but we're hanging in there, almost in the Ligia spot. I mean, on the flip side, uh, Rafa Hernandez, what the hell happened to Monterrey? Uh, um, one good thing about, like, which maybe some people don't remember, like, I don't know what, but Chivas has done, it's like the one of the teams, well, besides Tigre, of course, with, who won the final, one of the things that does very well in the new BBA, the stadium, because if I don't know if, if people remember that in Monterrey was where Chofis Lopez at the burst out and be, scored two goals on, in a on, in a three to one game they won. I remember that, yeah. And and they also like when when Monterrey was Monterrey was the big the already a, a powerful team with Mohamed, they they went to the semifinal with Saldivar and beat, beat Chivas, beat Monterrey on to go to the final in the Copa MX. So, like, the stadium, like, it's surprising, but I don't know why Chivas plays very well in this stadium in, in the new... They're one of the teams who is most... It's Chivas and, and Pachuca, probably, and Puebla sometimes, but Chivas and Pachuca, they're like... Besides Tigres, they have some... They they have some good games there, and and I think also that the young guys and, and Monterrey 
kind of went too far, like attacked. They probably they had many chances. I think what I think that one of the better things that Chivas could do, like now that we are talking about young youngsters and Mexican football and national team, I think they should trust like Gudino. He's a good keeper, and he's when he's on, he's like I think he, he I thought he was the best prospect we had a goalkeeper, and he got lost a little bit. And I think he came back and he's solid because like. Uh, with all respect, like Miguel Jimenez was making too many mistakes. He made a mistake in Copa MX, and then he made that awful. That game in Pachuca like changed completely oh. after he he he, made, he totally screwed up. Lopez, yeah. And I think like Gudino was solid because Monterrey was in the first half. They had some chances, but she was held on. And then I also Monterrey wasn't. They got hit. Probably saw that Chivas was done after they took the two one. They they immediately tied with the corner kick and that that really hurt at the Monterrey and then and then encounters good counters and good play by Sandoval who who is like he was like a, a good prospect like he just took a season but right now this season he's showing his stuff and if he if they get back Sandoval and they get back Gudino like they're gonna be like a, a really good thing that possible Liguilla candidate. In my opinion. Other oh, Rafa, is this just one game or is this the real deal? Because I'm looking at the standings and Chivas have 12 points from their last five games and that leads everyone in the right. MX. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I agree. Um, they're in quite a run right now. They, they've only lost that one game. Uh, I think that's just one defeat in their last four. So uh, this is good times for, for uh, Chivas. I mean, the, the their first three victories were against teams that that were not all that impressive uh but but this one seems to be the the bigger one because it was against big monterrey um i I like some of the things that cardoso is doing with the team uh i think it's in particular just the way the offensive players are 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 working like i on the wild which uh has improved tenfold now that that cardoso is in charge i really really like brisuela uh i know that um I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they they worked together while while they were in Toluca. I'm not sure, uh, but for whatever reason, I think Brizuela is, is playing amazingly right now for uh, for Chivas. I, I think he's been one of the difference makers, uh, especially when when you have a, a guy like Chofis, who at times, uh, you know, is the thing with Chofis is if I'm going to be critical about him, is sometimes I don't think he reads the game very well, uh, although he's technically he is among the best in Liga Mekis, if you're asking me. Sometimes he just doesn't have the brain to, to control a match or, you know, track back or slide into the middle or whatever the case may be. He just doesn't have the brain right now. Uh, and in that, in those scenarios, I think that's where Brizuela has been stepping up and he's been making a difference just uh, in the way that, that Chivas get the ball to to his side of the field and, you know, he gets to send in a cross or, 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 you know, cut inside or whatever the case may be. Uh, and I think a lot of this, we talked about this in the other podcast, I think a lot of this I attributed to Cardoso, who who I think, you know, has had the responsibility to take over after Almeida, uh, you know, stepped down or, or was kicked out or whatever the case may be. Uh, and he's, he's handled himself quite well. So I think a lot of this credit has to go to Cardoso. And if this is just a work in progress, then these signs are, are very promising, if you ask me. I feel like... Uh... Conejito puts it together for like a month every season. Every year he has like one really good month, and then dude just falls off. No, come. I mean, I, I think I think he's 
I think he's pretty undervalued at Chivas. I think I, no one really, you know, talks about him as being um, as being what Rafa just said as being a difference maker. But he's he's been solid for us for a while now. You know, even in even in um, last season um, when we won the Concacaf Champions League and stuff like that. So I think he's just a player that not many people look for, but they should be. Well, I mean, he was struggling with injuries. Uh, just a few months ago, and I think he yeah, it's taken like him everyone. some time. It's taken him some time to to adapt and just you know forget that fear of of playing. Because I, remember back when Brizola was at his peak, when he I think he actually even went to the World Cup. Um, yeah. uh, he he was like we talked earlier. You know, uh, he was that kind of player who was just fearless. He he just went. Not only was he the equilibrante, but like he he was that type of player who who just you know, ran for 90 minutes. Uh, and I think once he got injured, it was he sort of started to have that fear, you know, just going into that tackle yeah. or, you, you know, that, that sort of stuff that whenever you have a long-term injury, it really affects you psychologically. So it's important that he sort of gained this confidence back, and I think you can see it on the field. Have we seen the end of uh, Salcido starting at center back? God, I really hope so. <laughs> I know you guys really don't like him. So. But... <laughs> oh, Please don't let him come back. I'm just looking at Brisuela's uh, stats for the last couple of years. I mean, he's he's only gotten over 2,000 league minutes one time in his career. So, and that was back in 2013, 2014 when he made the World Cup. That's the last time he got over. Or actually, right. that's, the, one of the, that's one of the last times he's gotten over two thousand minutes. So it's like one of those things where I, don't know, I like I get I feel like right before a call up, he does really well. And he doesn't get called up, and then we forget about him because he just doesn't can keep it consistent throughout the whole like I'll put it together a whole season. But he's he's one of those many cases in Mexican football. Like I said before, go to Europe. Have Venezuela gone to Europe before earlier at that time at the World Cup and all that time? He, I think he will have improved his game and he will have been consistent. He's just coming back, but I, he's, he's, he's one of those players that he should have made a move before and it will have helped him. And he, at least in stature, for at least in stature of, make of the Mexican game. But uh, but he's he's talented, he's gonna be, but he's been inconsistent. And he already, I remember also the, the game against America when they beat 3-0 America. With even Gulit score uh, he, with Almeida here in Azteca, that game he was the best player of the game. I don't know if he, I don't remember who scored the goals. I think I don't know if it was him or Saldivar, but he was like he was key in that game. But like you said, that Sambuesa injury hurt him. But even before that, he used to be like talented, but a little inconsistent. And then he got these things going in Atlas and Chivas. But like I said, he he stagnated a little bit. In, and I hope he picks it up. He's a good. He he, it, uh, he's been key with Chivas, and I also think um, you have to you have to see that that team is a young team, and that's a, as uh, the the very good news is that Cervantes is also playing because Cervantes now that Orbelin got injured, he he stepped right up, and he's a, he's one of those players that Chivas has a lot of good players in their youth system. That they play with the national team and then they don't—I don't know why don't they—they they don't get the opportunities they have. And Cervantes is one like 
I forgot the name. The guy who went to the Confederations Cup that he's in Necaxa now. Mayorga. Mayorga is also another guy. And stuff like that. Like I, I hope they, they pick it up. I think I think it was a really good game. And uh, this is something else from those when they were being Necaxa and uh, Veracruz and stuff like that. I think this is uh, like a good step. But let's see if, she, if they can keep it up. We'll see. I mean, like I said, it's half it's week nine, halfway through the season. So, um, moving on to America Morelia. This game got a little crazy after the 90th minute. There was two yellow cards, two red cards. Um, Morelia, Morelia finished with nine people. I mean, what the hell happened in this game? <laughs> it was a. Uh, America 2, Morelia 1. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this game? Well, I mean, for starters, let's talk about the field actually looking decent. I mean, it was still terrible, but it was a lot better than what we saw the the last few weeks at the Estadio Azteca. Isn't the uh, NFL going there next month? Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are. The Raiders? Yeah. Yep. Raiders. Was it Raiders and Chargers or something like that? Yeah, so it's uh, not only that, they're going to hold a few concerts as well or something like that. So uh, enjoy while it lasts. But uh, in terms of the game, uh, I think, uh, I mean, this is business as usual for for Club America. Uh, I mean, they're always a tough team to beat when it, when it comes to playing at the Azteca. But Monarcas Morelia has just been in a downhill slope for a while now. I think they've, they've gone winless for a month or something like that. And I don't know. If you look at the, you know, just jumping out of America for a second, just talking about uh, Morelia, I think for their schedule is, I mean, they're, they're not winning away from home, but at home they, they have a really tough schedule remaining. And, and you know, for these last few seasons, we've been talking about Morelia uh, more or less being a Liguilla team. But I think Raul Ruiz leaving is just – you know, it's cost this yeah. whole, you know, just, like I said, they're just going who did down. They re- who did they replace him with? I mean, I mean, they have that one guy, um, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name right now, but I think he's Uruguayan. But they, they, they have uh, Irvin Avila. They signed sign Edison Flores, who's per- yeah. Peruvian, but they signed him late. I, I don't know if he started or, not, or already. Like it was a very late signing. Like the season had already started when he they signed the guy. So uh, I don't think they have. I think that's that Ruidia replaced with another. And Flores scored. He's probably scored more goals, more key goals than Ruidia with Peru. Like he scored a, a lot in the qualifiers, like key goals in the qualifiers. So he can be a good player, but he they signed him too late. Like like I said, they signed him in the middle. Of the the season already started. I don't know if he has played and. Until he gets settled, like it's like he's not gonna be a, like at least I don't think he's gonna be the answer at least until next season. I mean, you look at their goal scorers; their top they have three guys with two goals, and that's that's the highest. So that that's the, the like therein lies the problem right there. They don't have anyone; nobody has replaced him, and I don't think anyone will. Yeah, I, I don't see Monarcas Morelia making the league, unfortunately. Uh, you know, just speaking of goals, on the other hand, Club America, I, I don't know if they've peaked this season. Uh, I don't know if they've been bad this season. I mean, they've sort of been in the middle. I think they're in third place right now. Um, but they just have so many offensive scoring weapons, in my opinion. 
Uh, and we're talking about, I think, Roger Martinez, who, who might be back next week. Uh, but you have Henry Martin and Oliver Peralta who started that game. Uh, we know they're how, how capable they are of scoring. But then you have other players stepping up. Then you got you have Renato Ibarra. You have uh, Ibarwen. You have Linus, Mateos. which was in the bench. I mean, this team is built to do something special in, in, in the league yeah, if, if they get things together. Uh, I don't know if it will be enough, but on paper, Miguel Herrera has a really nice team going forward. They just have to get hot. Yeah, sometimes like, it's Liguilla just a time. I mean, how many times? Yeah. How many times has the number one team in uh, going into Liguilla lost in the first round? <laughs> Almost all. Yeah, Liga MX is that one league where rankings do not mean anything. Nope. Um, you always have to do with yo because like he's yeah, he's getting results. He gets results in the regular season, and then when the Liguilla comes. Okay, I really remember they were winning every game in like a, like last year or something. They were winning. They won the Clásico. They were beating. And then when they, the Liguilla came and he just started, and people were telling Piojo like, the team isn't getting the results. The team isn't getting the results. And and he didn't care. And then he they, he gets exposed. Like, he also happened last season against Toronto and against Santos. Toronto in the CONCACAF and then Santos in the in the um, in the Liguilla, like he, he, the team gets results and is doing better than people than than they play and they, in result wise. But then he gets exposed, and I think you can you have to wait until the Liguilla to 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 get this team. If you are talking about a team that how, who can just fall, I think Piojo Piojo's America is one team that you. You can be certain who he proves it in the last in the league, yeah, at least in this second era. This and this is like a Piojo thing because back in in his two seasons with with Tijuana, he led them both times. He was super leader in both of those seasons. But then once the Liga came, I'm pretty sure he was bounced out in the first round in both of them. So this is yeah, just... he was bounced back in in the first and then in the second. He they he he went through with Morelia with like. Barely, they tied in, in. I think they tied in goals, and because he was super leader, they went through. Right. And then Tigres just flattened them out, like like super easily beat them both get both games. I think. Well, Club America is one of those clubs that's only ever going to get judged by if they lift the trophy at the end of the season. So that's yeah. mm-hmm. the big clubs in Mexico are like that. It's not like oh, you had a good season, good for you. It's like. If you're one of the big clubs, did you lift the trophy? You didn't. Well, it was a bad season, and chances are you're going to fire your coach. <laughs> um, you guys wanted to touch on real quick on uh, Querétaro Puebla Puebla one Querétaro zero. So you yeah, were... surprising. I didn't see that game, but like a surprising because more este Querétaro was putting some good performances. They were actually against that team that sort of hit he hard Morelia because they went the week before before the last game before this. They beat Morelia in Morelia and, and they beat with a super hot Camilo Zambeso who, who scored two goals, who was scoring lots of goals here, lots of goals. He's scoring in the Copa MX too. He was on fire and then to lose like, a, it's a bad, bad result. It's a bad result for Puebla and it's kind of like sends things. We'll see next week they have to play at Chivas and let's see if they bounce back because 
Otherwise, the team is going to go like este, down. Este, we, got, we have to see if the, if the team is for real, they need to bounce back. But also, like, you you also have to take, take maybe the excuse that because it's FIFA day, maybe some of the players weren't wearing, wearing, concentrated enough. But that, like a good result for Puebla and a surprising result for Carreta, for a result against them. Yeah, and, very surprising. Yeah, and just a real quick look at the stats. This, this has the makings of one of those games where the quote-unquote lesser team scores and it holds on for dear life. I mean, Gretaro had twice the possession. They took over twice the amount of shots. It's just crazy. And then, like, the only stat that Puebla led them in was fouls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that goal came, I think it came in the 40th minute, so they had... They took the lead early in the second half, and they still hold, held on for a, for almost the whole second half. They just took it and ran with it. Yep, it's surprising because, um, you know, I just thought that Querétaro was about to get going. You know, they took a while to get going. Then three straight wins, you're like, well, maybe it's time. Maybe Rafa Puente can turn this team into something, but I don't think they should be losing against Puebla. Yeah. Well, I mean, Querétaro is in eighth place right now with 14 points, and Puebla is only one point behind him. So it's not like they lost to Atlas, you know? Yeah. And who does Puebla play next? I don't know. Oh, well, there you go. Time to put up or shut up right there. Yeah. Another uh, somewhat surprising result. Necaxa 2, Cruz Azul 0. Finally. <laughs> it's about time they lose. This was overdue. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, I think it doesn't really affect anything. I think Cruz Azul is still... I mean, they've arguably been the best team. It's Liga Mekis. They're still in first place by three points. Well, I mean, yeah, they're still in first place. And they've only uh, given up five goals all season. Yeah, that's the least, isn't it? Yep. Well, this was the first time they conceded two goals in one match this season or something like that. Yep. Yep. Um, they're, they're, they're a good team. I think it was just a circumstantial loss. It, it happens. You know, Nobody's perfect. It, they were bound to lose eventually. Uh, I wouldn't look too much into it. It was a minor setback, if you ask me. Uh, this team is still going to make the league. I don't think there's any doubt about that unless they somehow something terrible happens and they just lose every match from here on till. But will they win? That's the question. But see, the argument I give for Cruz Azul is uh, just by nature, they're a defensive team, uh, and that really helps come the Guilla time. Uh, and you have a guy like Pedro Caixinha who who knows what it means to, to win the Liga Mekis title. He did it with Santos. So I think things might come together for Cruz Azul this season. You, you never know. <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure. <laughs> I'm just more concerned about the Azteca field holding up with all these games. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna suffer having to play that, having to play in the Azteca this time. Yeah, I mean, Elias Hernandez can't do it every week. So, yeah. <laughs> moving on to Santos Leon, Santos three, Leon zero, shutout. Uh, what do you guys make of Santos shooting up? I mean, they're up to fourth place with 17 points. Are they for real? 
they're defending champions so they've been for real yeah but like two like a month two months ago they fired their coach they sold their best three players i mean and now they got a coach fired what yeah, goes around good. comes around I like Santos. I've, I've always liked Santos. I liked him last season. I like him this season. It doesn't matter who the coach is. Uh, Furch is, is just amazing. He's probably the best striker right now in Mexico. Um, I, he is I the think... goals leader. He has, he's got seven ahead of Yunyak with six and Victor Davila with six in league play. The thing with Leon, with uh, Santos, excuse me, is that they, they haven't really, like, you can't say they've changed their style of play even now that they had this uh, their last manager leave. Uh, I think they've done a really good job in just uh, maintaining that style of play. And this is the thing is the thing with Santos is like I'm sorry, I, I don't know who who. There's probably somebody on Twitter who agrees with me. Uh, I don't remember his name right now, but you know Chepo de la Torre. I'm gonna go all the way back to Chepo de la Torre. I know we hate him, and you know he did a mess, but I think tactically he not a bad coach and I think he, he sort of left this style of play that uh, eventually was followed up by by the coaches that, that came after him and they sort of kept this style of play and uh, and I think you, you look back and a lot of these players developed in their Chepo de la Torre to, to fit this style of play uh, and, and they sort of kept it and it worked for them last season and I think uh, I think Alindo's the coach now but they sort of not you know changed things around too much they sort of kept that same style of play uh, and it's been effective. Like I, I, you can't argue it. They they won the Liga MX title last season, and they're fourth place now. So, whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. I I really can't complain about Santos. On the flip side, what about Leon getting kind of trashed? They're in fifteenth place right now with ten points. They're just one of those teams that they're either gonna score three goals or receive three goals. Very inconsistent. I guess they only go as far as Boselli takes them. Yeah, and he hasn't been scoring as of late. Not in the league, anyway. Yeah, I mean, they're like they're dependent on Boselli and Chapo Montes. I feel like that's their whole offense. Pretty what's much. what's going to be the deal now with with Chavo Diaz gone and now Natron Bris? How do you guys think he's going to do it at Leon? I think maybe he's going to have defense. I think, but I don't know. Like they don't have many offensive weapons. Yeah. They, they, I don't think they 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 did like maybe the signings weren't that great. They've been like a little slow, a lot of they they have like checking them. They have like a lot of Colombian players, well Colombian players who like Moreno and Jairo Moreno and stuff like that. Who they really haven't shown much. Aquino has done well, but. I don't know. Like, if you look at like the signings, they got that that Walter Gonzalez guy from Par- the Paraguayan from Pachuca, who's like another of the prime examples of for foreigners that uh, you don't know why they're signing them, bringing them to Mexico instead of playing youth players. Like he's like he didn't do much at Pachuca, now he's getting another chance. I also think they're paying. They're also paying that for that that unspoken system of like n- supposedly acting like they're not the they're not owned by the same person but they're totally owned by the same person they're like like old school Necaxa with America and like stuff like that like they getting a lot of discarded players from 
from Pachuca and, and getting second the second the second options instead of Pachuca's and I think it just it's, it's been like it's, it's going to a point that it's no longer working for them. Like if you see that that the the team, the players that they have, the squad is like it's really not not, not much. They got Cota, like that's a good signing, but they got they got a lot of guys like Max, Maximilo Cueto and stuff. A lot of players who are not that great. They are just like second. They're like good. Players. They're like good squad players, not but not like yeah. top players. Yeah. They're good Copa MX. They're Copa MX level. Like I, they will, they will do good in Copa MX, but I don't think they're they're gonna shine in Liga MX. And and I I don't know why. Like they had this young Mexican forward Claudio Gonzalez who got he got hot last late last year. Got scored a couple of goals, and now they like I say they brought that Walter Gonzalez dude. They brought that Colom two Colombians, and now he's already sitting on the bench and stuff like that. Like I don't know, I don't think it's a well-rounded team. Like Maximiliano Cerato, he's another. He's a good. There are good players, but not for Copa MX. But I don't think they're Liga MX elite level players. So like, like, like you said that I see. Maybe they'll do better. They should do better defensively. But like, if you see the squad, like I don't see many good defenders. I said that maybe that Tesillo Colombian guy who's a. Uh, what used to be part of the national team in Colombia, but he hasn't, like, Tessio, I haven't really seen him shine. But they, they'll probably have a good season, like, improved defensively, defensive-wise, but I think they're they're done, I think, at least for this season. Moving on to Toluca. Toluca 3, Veracruz 2. Um, Veracruz scoring two goals. I mean, who else is surprised? <laughs> that, was, that was a good game. I, I like. I, I saw like that was one of the three games I saw. Like they, they played. It was a good game. And Toluca was playing great in the first half. They went a little low on the, especially like, I I've seen rumors and people saying like there was already in Twitter and stuff like that that, um, Talavera is like. Maybe we should, they should. He maybe she he can he should get benched or something, because like they were the Toluca game was in control, not in control, but it was like you you you, you really thought that that game was gonna be an easy win for them. They were two zero lead, and then he went out awful. In a he he came out awful in the with a cross and bubbled the ball and sent them right to Veracruz, and then that woke the team up. He, he literally walked Veracruz up and then Veracruz tied it off a free kick. And, and I thought they were going to get that tie, but Sambuesa, who had a great game, Sambuesa, like, got a penalty that was a little dubious, but took advantage of that awful Ecuadorian defender who was awful all game and, and took the penalty. But they barely, was barely, they barely got away, got out, got, got out with the win because, because Talavera is, like, struggling and... I racing a couple of after the game I saw a couple of Toluca fans who are like you go Talavera, you go something that Talavera's level has he has made a lot of mistakes and like he should get benched. I don't know what 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 do you people think about Talavera. He's not gonna get benched. He will never get benched. Ever. Not at the Luca. I mean, he's having yeah. a tough season, but I mean, he, had, he was it last year he suffered that big that knee in, that knee injury that yeah. kept him out a long time. Last so. Season. I don't know, 
I mean, I've, I've heard rumblings too about the Luca fans kind of getting annoyed, at, like disappointed at him, but he's the captain. It's going to take a lot for them to to kick to not start him as their number one keeper. I mean, they're still in fifth place. It's not like they're. I'm not trying to rip on them, but it's not like they're at Atlas level with two points the whole season, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> they need some West some Wesley ski to that team. Tambuesa he played well and he took his he made some great plays, like the first goal. He made a great pass and like if some West is clicking that team should should do good, but like oh, yeah. it's, it, it depends on him. Like Yeah, Sambuesa's the beating heart of that team. Uh any thoughts on uh Vega on Toluca? On who? <sighs> Alexis Vega. Well, I mean, I, speaking of murmurs, there's, um, you know, that he might be included in Mexico's next, next few friendlies. Why not? I mean, he's 20 years old. He's playing at a good club. He's starting. This he is the, play. this is the time to throw shit against the wall and see what sucks. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, why? I mean, not to rip on Chivas, but why play those two Chivas strikers again? Yeah, you're not gonna get any. Uh... Any criticism from me on that? That's true. Well, they should have never been called up. People, if anybody has to talk about Toluca and the national team, like, what do you guys think about uh, Rodolfo Salinas, like, threatening Mexico with going to the U.S. because he's not getting called? Oh yeah, I did hear. I did hear some stuff about that. I mean, yeah, his wife is American, so he's what. But he has to live in America for five years that, to, that, yeah. to That's what people were switch saying. national teams. So I don't, I don't he, know. He can't. He, he he's not. If he doesn't have citizenship, he's he's done. But I, nobody in the press, I think, has, has paid attention to that. That he's not like he's not. He's. I don't think he's a citizen. And if he doesn't have citizenship. He's done. He's he needs to play five years, live five years, even if he got citizenship. But he's still like. It's a weird thing, like he, I, I, like I think he was a a good, uh, a good, a good guy. Like, a, like a, he probably deserved a look. Like, there, like Rafa Puente from ESPN has been saying like for a while that like, he, he should get a call up. Like even from in the Osorio era, but like it's like like I, I thought that was kind of weird. Like maybe turn all a couple of people off. Like. But you do what you can do, but I think like a couple of people are like, "What? What? What are you?" He's doing? thirty what years are... old, you know. Yeah, his time's up. Even if he does, let's say he does qualify, there's no way the U.S. would even look at him. But I mean, even even from Mexico, from a Mexican standpoint, the only tournament he can like help us out would be the Gold Cup next year. Right. So yeah, unfortunately, his time is is past. I mean, if he, yeah, stay, but, if he stays hot, sure, call him up. Why not? I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, we're trying to find players, but I don't know. I'm not going to be upset if he leaves Mexico and plays for the U.S. <laughs> but at the Luca, it's just one of those clubs that just kind of sticks around. I mean, they're in fifth place. They've won their last two games. So, well, I mean, let's just go right into our... Uh, Top five. What do you guys have as your? All right, let's see. Chivas number one. Who's nah, next? nah. Get out of here with that. What? Are we not doing this? We're we not doing this the right way. <laughs> what do you guys got number one? Cruz Azul for sure. I mean, that's... yeah, they 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 keep it. Cruz Azul. 
Do we really believe Pumas are the second best team? Not a chance. Like, I didn't see that game. Like, it's a good result for Pumas that for you to win. But like, as a Pumas fan, like I'm, it's not worrying. Like, I, but stuff like that, like beating easy teams, like worries me. Like that he get gets Patino like credit to Patino and then that fall. It reminds me. I always call it a Chepo, Chepo national team situation when when you can't judge him because well he's he's on top and then he he gets all this credit for his past for his for the scoreboard like and then we end up suffering when the time comes and I'm almost sure that Pumas is gonna get that gonna get the results and then when time comes like they're gonna lose and then people are gonna be like uh and and it, it's, but you can fire him he's not but. Because that's what they are. He's number two now. So Pumas is number two now, so he can just go scoreboard. But, like, I don't know. This Chepo is from two. Uh, Diaz, do you have to put Pumas at two? Uh, no, no, no. Who do you got two? Close. <laughs> uh, probably Blue America, which is I hate to say, it, but they're probably my number two. Oh, right Santos, now. I think. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Santos deserves at least a mention at two. I'll go with Santos then. I'll, I'll take Santos. Why not? All right. So we got Cruz Azul, Santos, America. The further I can put America down, the better. <laughs> Reasonably. Um, do we got Pumas, Toluca, Monterrey as number th- as number four? Oh, I actually like for what they did this week. I'd rather have Chivas than Pumas. Damn. Chivas. Oh, <laughs> hey, they like like hey. this week they got like they got the. The best victory of all of all teams, they got the best victory, and they and because of what they were doing before, like maybe Tigres had won, they got a time. Maybe I'll put Tigres. I maybe put Tigres over Chivas, but I think over Chivas definitely a better victory than than what Pumas got, and definitely and probably and on Cruz Azul beat Necaxa, Necaxa beat Cruz Azul, but Necaxa was I think they were below Chivas before this, so I think. I think I put Chivas at four. You're you're damn right you would. That's right. I mean they were so terrible at the beginning of the season, so it's just like they've been climbing uphill, so Alright, alright. Who we got at five? Oh wait, someone that only went from like two to not even in the top five. I mean they lost to Chivas. That's like one of those things. I mean I mean come on, how can you lose? Not only have they lost (laughs) to Chivas, but they lost they haven't won in like four matches. They're on cruise. Montenegro's on cruise control mode right now. Yeah. So what do you guys have at five? Then? At five. I'll go with Montenegro five. Tigres, I think. Tigres. Mm. I'll go with yeah. I go with Tigres at five. Yeah. All right, Tigres. So top five: Cruz Azul, Santos, America, Chivas, and Tigres. Not bad. Not bad. I'm not gonna argue with. The Chivas one, but yeah. it's been hot, man. Uh, been well, hot. I don't know. All right, well, um, before we get to the national team stuff, uh, any Mexicans abroad stuff you guys want to talk about? I mean, Champions League today. Did you guys, did you guys get a catch of the action of either PSV or Porto? Like a a good weekend for Mexican Independence Day. Like they were, we had. Guti and Chucky scoring. We had yeah. Raul Jimenez scoring. We had like a, there was for I think I think Guerrera, este, 
play well. I, I think we had a good weekend abroad. Not so much today, but like Fabian, the Fabian was... started too. Fabian, yeah, Fabian started against Dortmund. So it, was a, it was a good weekend, but um, uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but in an interview last week during National Team Camp, uh, Joao Malik said that he is signed with Sevilla, but he can't start with them until January 1st, and that he's also playing with a slight tear in his meniscus, but he doesn't want to get surgery because then he, he's going to miss the U20 World Cup. So... Just a quick update on him. I know everyone was always asking questions like, what the hell is he doing at Sevilla if he's with Porto B? But he's not with Porto B. He's going to Sevilla. So he just, he's just going to get his papers done in time for the transfer window. So he's, he's stuck practicing and can't play until January 1st. Well, that's Man, good. Ho- hopefully everything turns out good with the, with the whole tear that he has. Um, I don't know if you guys have been watching or following uh, Pollo Briseño on Portugal. Well, he scored, didn't he? He scored, right? Yeah, he's having a really good. I'm a little disappointed. With it. He sh- he needs to get called up next next camp. He he's really only 24. Does. I mean, <laughs> he really does. I remember he was the captain of that um, U17 team, wasn't he? When they won. Yeah, he was World the captain. Cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he deserved a call up um, against Uruguay in the U.S., but they didn't look his way. Yeah. Uh, Diaz, what do you think of uh, Rajo in Europe right now? Rajo. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, can we talk about just like Seta Vigo in general? I think with Mohamed now in charge. Did who, you catch uh, the Atletico Madrid game right before the international yeah, break? Oh, I saw that game. That was a good game. He broke a. Well, Alpha broke a. Regent's ankles with that. Uh, you know that. I did see that. Yeah, I saw that on yeah, That cheeky play was. I mean, oof. A whoa! It, it just like a tear just you know. Just falls, just thinking what uh, a tear fell down Osorio's cheek in Paraguay. Yeah, well, <laughs> what could have been if if Araujo was was in the World Cup? I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if we would have beaten uh, Brazil, but I think he would have made a huge difference. If I'm being honest with you, uh, but mm-hmm. Araujo has been brilliant. He, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, in general, Santos Vigo has been surprised. I mean, Mohamed has shut me up. Yeah. And he still looks fly on the sidelines, man. He still dresses up every game. <laughs> you know, he said that he said that he's only he's winning half of what he won with Monterrey. So it's sort of like a commitment for him to just you know leave the money aside and and go to Europe and you know try his luck there. Uh, and I think that's setting up an example for other coaches who, who especially Mexican coaches who who should be doing that because at the end of the day. It, I think it, it's the way that the Mexican player and the Mexican coach brands itself in Europe uh, or just, you know, pl- coaches and players that come from Liga and make it and the way they brand themselves in, in Europe. I think that that's the big difference right now. That's the reason why teams don't look to Liga and make to, to buy Mexican players where, yeah, sure, they're expensive as hell. But, you know, if they don't have, they don't see the Mexican player or the coach that comes from Liga and uh sort of as, you know any any better than what they have? They're they're not going to take that risk. So seeing that a guy like Turco Mohamed, you know, a few games in and he's already impressing, uh, is just it just means that there should be more coaches going to 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 Europe and giving it a try. It doesn't mean it. I mean, at the end of the day, he he's losing a lot of money in the process. But uh, if you want to contribute to to Liga Yankees to Mexican soccer in general, these are the time, the the kind of things you have to do. Uh, you have to think about the the overall status of, of, of you know the national team, the country you're from. 
because these things matter. Now I think teams are going to look to Mexico and they're going to be like, you know what, they got Turco Mohamed from there. Why don't we go and give, uh, you know, I was going to say Diego Coca, but I'm not a fan of him. But, you know, somebody like that um, who just give them a chance and see what, how they do in Spain or, I mean, even France, whatever. Do a Bob Bradley. doesn't matter. Well, like, how many uh, players say, yeah, I'm taking a pay cut? I mean, that's where that has been saying that for the last five, six years. He's taking a pay cut by playing at PSV, by playing at Real Betis. You know? Yeah, but but if you look at Guardado, you just again, it's all about the branding. Uh, I think Oku said that Guardado was one of the best midfielders you know he's ever coached. Uh, when you hear those things, it's sort of like, then why isn't there more Mexican players in Europe? You know, like just a matter of seeing Guardado there and, and gaining the respect. Uh, I think he just made a documentary on Amazon with uh, you know La Liga where uh, they followed him through the whole season or something like that. I haven't really seen it, but, you know, those sort of things help. It's sort of exposure. It, it helps the brand of the Mexican player. Uh, and then that's, that makes, as a consequence, that makes Spanish teams you know, more willing to take the risk when it comes to purchasing a, a player from, from Mexico. Uh, at the end of the day, even the players are like, you know what, like, damn, this is where that little guy goes, goes all in and training. Why isn't there more Mexican players like him in here? You know, sort of that branding just in general. I mean, when you think of, Brazilian players, you, you know what you're getting. When you, when you think of Argentine players, you know what you're getting. Even to a less, lesser extent, when, when we're talking about Croatian players now that, that, that Croatia made the World Cup final, you know what you're getting. So sort of, again, that branding is so important. It's, it's just so important that, that players are just like, you know, I don't care about the money. Let's do this for, for myself. Let's, let's do this for the greater good of Mexican soccer. And it's not until those things happen that we're going to see true progress in Mexican soccer, if I'm being honest with you. Well, I mean, that kind of falls back to something we always talk about, back to the Caballeros. I mean, how many players are on their last year of their contract who, you know what, maybe I'll play it out and then I'll sign in Europe. And, oh, wait, the draft happened. I just got sold to to Puebla. Well, I guess that's all. I guess I can't go to Europe for three or four more years. I mean, Guti could have easily been sold to Chivas or America for double what Pachuca ended up getting from PSV, but... PSV or Pachuca is like, no, nope, we're going to sell them to Europe. So it's going to take clubs to do that. I mean, and, and Pachuca has made close to $50 million from <laughs> from selling players abroad. So selling players. Yeah, and that's why it's important. Look, for example, I'll give you another example of a player who, who went to Europe, Rafa Marquez. Now he's club president of Atlas. He has some sort of decision-making power now that that he has, you know, sort of an executive position with, with Atlas. And these sort of things matter. Once you have somebody like Rafa Marquez in a position like that, where he can more or less make decisions for the club, which even if it's just one out of the 18 clubs in Mexico, that matters. There should be more players who take up those positions, uh, more of those players who are more academic as opposed to just, you know, get my paycheck, I retire, I, I start a franchise of restaurants or, or whatever. Go and, work for Televisa. <laughs> yeah, or go on TV and be an analyst, whatever you do. There should be more guys like Rafa Marquez who, who are willing to to take those positions of power and make a real difference in, uh, in just Mexican soccer in general. Because again, it's not until that happens that we'll see true progress. I agree one hundred percent. And um, speaking of uh, national team players, I mean, any players stand out to you over the last two games? I mean, we're not going to review those two games, but I mean, like, anyone stand out? I mean, Lainez for me, a lot of people, but any other players? Alvarado, Rafa, against Uruguay, Alvarado played 
well, I know Artiaga against the United States. That's a, yep, he has some really nice tackles, yep. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed. Kind of disappointed that uh, Jonathan Gonzalez didn't play, but I guess he was carrying an injury against the U.S., so he didn't want to. Duca didn't want to test him, but I don't know. Not that many players stood out to me, but yeah, it was one of those things where the average age was like 23, 24. So, and then yeah. half half the squad was gone by the time the USA game came around. <laughs> That's true. So many people went home. I guess on the reverse side, anyone really disappoint you? I mean, I know I've kind of touched on with the two Chivas forwards. I mean, I legit forgot Pulido was even in the game against Uruguay. Yeah, and, that, and that's just because, I mean, he should have never been called up in the first place. It also seems like it also shut a lot of people up. Like, I think we will sorry, like, Elias Hernandez, he will have made a difference. He's been given another opportunity and once again showed that and I think I don't even see it in the Caxa game, but I don't know if that if that bad performance este, gave um, hit him hard against Necaxa too, because I don't know how he played against them, but against the against Uruguay, unless he was a total flop, I think. And then and then also a, a few minutes that he was in the US, he got a like a good opportunity to not tie, but it was one of the probably better chances, and then he just guided that like terrible. Like I saw, he was a total flop. Like and and Ayala also didn't have the the, the greatest games, and Alanis was a, at least Alanis you you gonna get that we because he's rusty, but like Ayala, I saw she he could have done a little better, and and a, a lot of the disappointment were with the old players, like the young players play well against. Against the against uh, Uruguay, but like uh, in, in not so much against the U.S., but they were doing well in the U.S. until the Saldivar stuff. Like Saldivar, I think he may have played his last minutes. We I won't waste another chance until he really, unless he lights the league, La Liga MX is like on fire. Like I won't give him like another chance. Like at least because he totally like it's screwed. Because even though it's a friendly and people knew what they they what what it was like it wasn't like a tough game like still losing to the United States like it's the worst like people really really a lot of people were didn't like the 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 result me included especially after because maybe the US I saw expected them to lose both games but I also expected the US to be like have a, like like Uruguay like a not not maybe like Uruguay with that main squad but like a, 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 at least a better squad than Mexico and and then they also had almost rookie and they were getting outplayed in the first half Mexico was by far I thought was clearly the superior team but like the way they lost like it kind of left a bad taste in the mouth of many fans. Yeah, I mean when you go down ten men against USA, I don't know. I mean. I didn't care that game as much as I mean. Once everyone started leaving the squad, I was like, "All right, this is literally our C C minus team, like whatever." But it's USA Mexico. I guess it never really is a friendly. So, but, yeah. see, the only disappointment for me is Duca. To be honest, uh, I don't. I went into these two friendlies thinking, I don't mind if if Duca is a coach. Uh, and sort of in the middle of it, there was these just rumors intensified that this guy is really thinking about taking over 
the Mexico national team, that there's negotiations or whatever the case may be. But I'm less convinced after these friendlies um, than I was before. Like, I don't know if this guy's the right guy for the job anymore. I don't know if, if you guys disagree with me or I don't know. Like, I, it didn't make me feel good about it. I mean, like, like well, we were talking about stuff with Canelo and stuff like that. Like, there's people that thing that worries me is that people in Mexico love to get press and fans. Like, I've seen a lot of guys in the press who I'm friendly with and, and uh, who I who I admire and know and they're all in the Tuca in for the Tuca and people everybody's in favor of El Tuca and read they he will be like a there's a lot of push from Mexico and I don't get it like uh, to me like he he's a good Liga MX coach he never did much internationally except for the Libertadores. He's the safe coach the FMF can be like look we gave you what you wanted and then they're just like we're done you know what I mean like he's just like the safe option because I think the Osorio thing that people being against it and the press being against it and everybody being I think stuff like that kind of matters the people wanting him out in that and I think that directivos and press might, might go especially this time in Mexico that's kind of popular to just go with the, the populist feeling and a lot and I it scares me because a lot of, of people are in favor and I think like if people push for it, like Tuca might may even get in the job, especially because they haven't gotten. I think the rumors that people they had offered the job to, they haven't gotten like something that I totally expected. Like people, people really think in Mexico don't have a clue like how 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 badly like it looks for coaches, the the situation, the press, and everything in Mexico, and yet, so I think they're pushing for Tuca because they might not be getting a the the good candidate outside the foreign candidate and like I and the, like I said my my fears are that people in Mexico coaches players fans media are very pro Tuca they love Tuca being Tuca and they're they're all in for Tuca and, and because he's such a hothead and people in Mexico like there's also this idea that from Osorio, from Aguayo, from the press that the players are are divas and the players that don't don't they have this lack of analyzing ability to think that if that thinks that the problems with the, the national team is that they don't they don't suit like they don't play well they don't fight they don't they don't go for it and that a guy like Tuca is no nonsense and and mad and stuff like that so they it likes buys into their prejudices. And you worry to me, like you worry. I can't wait till this uh, Campeones Cup against Toronto, where Tuca trolls everyone and plays like the U twenty one squad. Another another thing that was like I was thinking, I, I forgot. Like I don't know, maybe Tuca or not, but like I hope they get this because like Mexico is working out for the the Brazil friendly. Supposedly there's a Mexico Brazil friendly in the UK for November, like a rematch or something like that. Like they're looking for some good friendlies in November. We're also gonna face Chile in Chile in October. And I'm I, I want like I just want a coach because I don't want to waste this friendly. It's like it's like we we're wasting time and and if Tuca comes, I don't know I don't know if Tuca is gonna stay, but I wish like we get get on with it because yeah, I think it's a waste. Yep, I think these friendlies are a waste we, if you don't have a coach. 
Yeah, and it's the same. Yeah, exactly. And it's friendly. So I mean, like, it's we have like I, the the Nations League like in February or like I don't know the sad days, but I think we start with the Nations League in early 2019. So we're not gonna have a much friendly if we choose another coach unless they go with the. The Molero games, the non-FIFA friendly. So otherwise, we're gonna, we're not gonna have, we're gonna have official competition. So I think they gotta hurry up, hurry it up a little. Definitely. If there's not a process in place, then why are you even playing these games? You, you know why. Like you know why. And getting a new coach and they, and getting a debut like okay. New coach, Mexico Brazil rematch in, in, in England. That's gonna be like, ugh. It's gonna be like a terrible, like, it's just stuff like that. Because I like that, the thing they're doing, the youth kids. But, like, it's, what if the next coach, if it's not Tuca, what if that coach is like, no, we, we gotta play with the, with the regular guys? Especially because we, you have to play with the regular guys, but, like, maybe, like, a, a, some. Some guys who are also gonna be like, it was good that Ch that Chucky played against Uruguay, and and maybe Jimenez and stuff like that. But it's like you don't help you don't help them if you're gonna go if you're gonna have Lines and Alvarado and all these players coming in with the national team. You gotta play them with guys like Chicharito, with Jimenez, with Chucky. Uh, guys are, are gonna be part of the national team at least for this time, for these two years, because like for the Gold Cup and stuff like that, it doesn't help them to prove them with guys like Elias Hernandez and Alan Pulido and who are not. This is a waste. Like that's kind of a waste to get Alan Pulido and um, Alanis or guys like who aren't gonna be part of it. In the, in terms of that way and. Um, Because like everyone keeps talking about the youth, but we have the Gold Cup next year. They just can't be like waste a Gold Cup unless they don't unless they're sure that there's not gonna be a Confederations Cup. They just can't waste this Gold Cup and said like, oh, we're gonna go with a, a youth squad and forget about every European player because like it's not that like Mexico like the best players are in the in the Mexican national team are in Europe and they have to be. Part and if you're gonna get all these guys in, integrate them into the national team, you gotta do it with the best, not with the Gold Cup B squad or something yeah. like that. And we need to win it, you know. I mean, Concacaf doing that money grab bullshit where you have to win both of them so you don't have to play a Concacaf Cup, which of course they want the Concacaf Cup to happen again in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so, um, real quick, talking. Speaking of coaching, I mean, I figured we'd finish up this episode with uh. Anyone's thoughts on Maradona and coaching in Mexico? Like, how, what the hell? Where did that come from? Man. I mean, <laughs> uh, you saw people are getting excited because, you know, he, his debut, he wins 4-1. And he even said he didn't even see the players before picking his squad. Yeah. I mean, it's it was just the, the fact that they were playing the worst team in the Ascensal, you know, dead last. And, you know, maybe because the players, I mean, obviously they have Maradona on the sidelines. They want to impress or whatever. But, I mean, if you saw the game, um, like they had a they they had a, a camera on Maradona the whole time on, the, on like the bottom right-hand corner. 
he barely even coached. He didn't say anything like the entire game. He was like sitting down for half the game. Doesn't didn't do anything. So uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm turning into a Maradona fan because like the press and the reactions have been just ab absurd. They're ridiculous because people are all like. Ah, uh, this is like it's a joke and everything and the drugs and all that, but like people have never question. He's going to, he's going to Dorados. Dorado is owned by the the handgrown family. Those guys are uh, super corrupt. They have a horrid history with Mexico, and uh, from uh, from a guy who 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 made his the fortune comes from like. Corruption. Then the guy is a is a joke of a guy that the federation, like that 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 team, that hung wrong, everything, like everything around the team. If he had joined Cruz Azul, if he had joined Pumas, if he had joined America, but he joined like Dorados, like a, a, the their 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 main business is the the booking, the the betting place. So, so uh, there can people tone it down? I hate all these. Because it's all it's super hypocritical because ESPN like went railed against Maradona like the whole week. Everybody are oh, like, ah, well, Mexico, this is horrible for our nation, blah, 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 blah. And then they showed the game and they not only showed the game, but they had like Maradona camo game. Like right. I never seen them in they my life. Maradona, they had a hashtag like Maradona por ESPN. They had everything. And then they are the, the, those guys like, it should have exposed, like, I have my problems with the Jose Ramon school and the Azteca school because they think they're, a, they're hypocrites who are just, like, rile people up. And then when they for against Televisa and they just choose the easy target to to manipulate people. And this, they, they were totally exposed, and it was pathetic like, to me that they spent this week how tra a travesty, and then they did worse. Because if, maybe if you could say if, uh, if they had shown the game, maybe... But they showed the game and they put it, the, the Maradona camp, which I never seen. And it was like, not even Tebasteca or Televisa has ever been that that business. But then, then the rail against the the national team, then the rail against the club owners of a of business first, business first. But when when it comes to the point, when they when push comes to shove, they they doing it worse. Just like yeah. in Mexico, they were the they were the worst. In Tebasteca, they were they for years they rally against the national team, and and Televisa and everything. And then when they got that rights to the national team and and to was their guy, they they defended La Ope at, for everything. They shielded it. They had campaigns in favor of him, and then and they they paint them they criticize and then they paint themselves green and do and do stuff like that. And it's like it's to me it's amazing that people like. They preach real closest in Mexico all the time, and it was like the press. Like I'm, like I, I hope Maradona succeeds, and I also, I also like that when stars come, they do good in Mexico. Like, like it also reminds me of the Ronaldinho stuff when he, he, I, I like that phenomenon. Although Ronaldinho was a different thing, but I like the phenomenon of, of Ronaldinho, and that he also got a lot of criticism, but he brought a lot of eyes. Like people, that game was watched in Argentina, was watched in. In in 
in Central America, and you know, a lot of people were paying attention to a team that nobody was cared. it. The, was, was it safe? To, is it safe to say it's the highest rated Liga regular season Liga Ascenso game of all time? Uh, the so most probably, the most, high. most definitely, yeah. And uh, yet, people, are, it's insane. Yeah, uh, Rafa Diaz, you you're, you're still here? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Any quick thoughts before we sign off on uh, your boy Maradona coaching? <laughs> I don't. Uh, honestly, I agree with all the points you guys made. I, 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 I don't know. I like like Tuca said. I hope he he brings something positive to to Mexican soccer. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, from my understanding, uh, the team they played was wasn't very good. Something positive. Uh, um, so I don't know if we should take this this win very seriously, but Maradona could be a better like he could be a better coach than people because like even though it probably wasn't him like he did a, a, he did an all right job with Argentina in that in the World Cup he beat us and he also like he also and I saw that he was mostly. Like I didn't give him much credit for that, but then after this year with some Paoli, we he also had a team and he did terribly and 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 so managing all that. But also it could also be because I really admire him in Argentina. But I think he can for Dorados. I think he he can do good things because like he, he the he's it's not a high pressure job like if I was America Cruz Azul or something like that. So I think he. He could have, if he had enough for Argentina, he could have a lot for Dorados. But then we have to, you have to know which Maradona comes because, like, the Maradona looked alright in the game. But we, of course, I don't know if the Maradona of 2010 is the same Maradona that area. Area is where because no. I remember the Maradona of the Argentina Nigeria game. That that's if that's the Maradona that's arrived, that then we're then it's gonna be a disaster. But if it's the old Maradona, he might have enough to like, cause like again, it's not if it's not a tough, it's not like a tough job. It's not a tough, it's a tough division, but it's not like rocket science. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I watch on... the game. <laughs> I watch the game. It was, I mean, it was terrible, but. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean that's the sense why I make it for you. I'm curious to see who win their next Copa MX game. Who, what Liga MX club they're gonna play? They're playing Querétaro actually. Uh, Speaking of Ronaldinho and Querétaro, he's playing his old team. Um, so yeah, that's probably his biggest, I guess, test as a coach this season, is that game to see if they move on. So we'll see what he does then. See, I think it's all showed. I think like at the end of the oh, game, yeah. he said something uh, like, "Like the Dorados fans were so great, it reminded me of being in the Bombonera or something like that." I'm like, "No, you did not say that. Like, not even close." He's <laughs> talking. About? You can like when those clubs have a good idea, good gel with the audience and stuff like that. I think he's gonna bring eyes and. It, it can help somewhat in the momentum of the team, in the positivity of the team, because now, like, definitely all those players who are, like, Julio Cejan and all those guys, like, I, like, I hope, like, at least, like, I don't know if Maradona, but maybe all these, who, these, 
this environment helps some of the players get attention, get that, that guy Angulo definitely is going to play better now knowing that he was getting watched in Ecuador and in, in his home country and everything. Because I'm pretty sure, like, his family told him, like, they're going to show the game in Ecuador and uh, he probably played better and stuff like that. I just hope, like, I was surprised. The most surprising thing of the game was that, like, I didn't know Escobosa was there. And I kind of, like, that was a surprise because that's a player that came close to making the World Cup squad in 2014 because of other stuff. He, like, he made the alternate squad list and now he's in in Ascenso. So I hope, like, at least players like that, like Escobosa, and get some get some attention and so maybe he can get back to, like, because I feel bad for the guy. But stuff like that, like I think it's 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 the alternative. Like it's not great, but like I think if the, if the news the difference was nobody paying attention to Cafetaleros and seeing Ramirez being the old coach there, like I think maybe the attention does good for Dorados, and I don't blame them for that. So it's funny if if uh, <clears throat> if Maradona ends up doing more for Liga for uh, Liga Senso TV deals than the FMF. <laughs> but um, anything else you guys want to touch on before we sign off I think we got it man alright well tell the people where they can find your stuff Rafa Hernandez go first okay uh, it's at Comedia MX in Twitter and also RHA's Unam80 at, at YouTube to see the paquetes that game channels and everything like the the yeah, the games from nineteen from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand eighteen. And also I also wanna say like shout outs to all the Puerto Rican and Mexican people because um last year like um on this Thursday will be one one year anniversary of the Hurricane Maria. He was still struggling here in Puerto Rico. And uh, also, is and the day before tomorrow is like one year from like I was worried about the hurricane in Puerto Rico, and coming home from the Cruz Azul from my ticket from my press credentials for the America Cruz Azul game that that was gonna happen that day, and I was so worried about about because of the hurricane, not really in the right frame of mind, where all my parents here in Puerto Rico, and then coming back from my house in the middle of the street, like then. The ground started shaking, and we had a horrible earthquake. And for them, then it was like the it was like the one of the weirdest week in my life. And then to all the people that that day that the Liga MX stopped for like two weeks, like, and I hope to, to I I don't know what they're probably gonna have some activities before the games next week because it's one year anniversary from the from a, a bad experience for all, but like it probably made us stronger. It definitely made Mexican people who three days before weren't that happy for the independence day. Like it, you brought out the real Mexican. So I want to like shout out to everybody to, for the one year anniversary that we're still stronger and probably better for it. And that's all. Yeah. And shout out to everyone out there in the East coast right now. I know, uh, okay. one of our guys, Ness has got, I think he had to go through that hurricane. So we'll see how everyone comes out. So, Shout out to everyone out there it's fighting through the floods. I know it's still kind of bad. Yeah, me too. Antonio? Follow me on Twitter at Antonio1998, double underscore. 
Yeah, you can follow me on there. It's a good time. Chivas is a top five team in the league, as we just concluded. So it's a good time. But yeah, shout out to everyone over there in the Carolinas. Uh, Nestor, one of our guys in Virginia. You know, stay safe out there, everybody. And finally, me, uh, Rafa. Again, you can follow us on FMF State of Mind on Twitter. It's at FMFSOM. Uh, yeah, um, I think the other Rafa put it put it nicely. I mean, if you can donate, if you can do whatever, that would be really helpful um, because a lot of these people need 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 help right now. And you can find me at the Colorful Kit. Um, yeah, so thanks everyone. The Rafas are saying if you can help out. Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone pulls through. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>